All right. Good morning. So, first up, Abraham Trory keeps his word about what's going on, what he plans to do with Niger. <clears throat> Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Once again, thank you for the subscribers. And I intend to give you more of this content. Trawl Ray's Burkina Faso is keeping to its word after saying that it would defend Niger if anyone tried to attack. This came after Ikawa's threatened to restore democracy in Niger after the July 26 coup that ousted French ally President Mohamed Bazoum. Several military units from Burkina Faso's armed forces have arrived in Niger, as reported by Sky News Arabia. The exact number of military personnel that were deployed is not yet clear. On August 31, Burkina Faso's junta approved a bill to send the country's forces to Niger to prevent terrorism and resist any invaders. This happened after the economic community of West African states, Ikawas, threatened to use force to reinstate ousted President Bazoum. After that, Burkina Faso and Mali warned that any military intervention in Niger would be considered a declaration of war against their nations. Burkina Faso's defense minister says that what affects Niger's security also affects Burkina Faso's security. Burkina Faso and Mali have also sent warplanes to Niger. Niger is reportedly organizing a volunteer militia force of civilians in response to a potential military intervention by Ikawas. Meanwhile, several African bodies have expressed concern over the Kawas imposed sanctions against Niger. About 50 pan-African organizations in 20 countries have issued a joint declaration condemning Ikawas sanctions against Niger. A member of the Thomas Sankara Center said the declaration was a resounding call for disobedience against those who feed on our misery. Fatou Balora said that they will no longer tolerate the power games that deprive Africa of its wealth and right to self-determination. Reports of Burkina Faso armed forces moving into Niger come after the U.S. announced that it would be pulling out half of its troops from Niger. Also, it will be repositioning the rest, moving them from Air Base 101 in Niamey to Air Base 201 in Agadez, which is about 800 kilometers away from Niamey the capital of Niger. The Pentagon has claimed that this is a precautionary move. However, we know that the U.S. has a drone surveillance base in Agadez that is worth over $100 million. The U.S. is probably trying to pull all its resources together to ease evacuation from Niger if it comes to it. We have added a link to the video on our channel. So, as we can see that uh, the U.S. is trying to pull their resources out. <clears throat> Because they've gotten their fill, and um, he planned to do what he what he promised to do. Okay, was to protect Niger because the Nigerian people, you know, France has robbed them of resources, assassinated anybody who wanted to be a leader and stand up for the people, and people are tired of it. And there was also a, a trying to a plot on Abraham's life that failed. Okay, and. This is what has this is what has to be done. They have to stand up for themselves, all of Africa, and kick out Western powers that want to oppress them. And that's I mean, if you ever wonder why Africa has not been able to have um their own sovereignty, it's simply the reason is anybody who dares to be a, a not to be a puppet and to be a president and to to actually do what's right on behalf of their own people, they either disappear or they are assassinated. Okay. Let's look into this uh, video right here. That talks about it. They tried assassinating Ibrahim Traore a few days ago, 
but he was elected by the Russian uh, people. Uh, Abraham Traore is sending, he sent a lot of troops to Niger to help uh, Niger because France and America have refused to leave. They are causing instability around the region. There are major protests in Niger. The people say they want France and Macron out. They have nothing against the French people. It's against the French politics. Niger is upside down right now. There is chaos. A lot of people mount the street. They want France to leave. They want America to leave. They want France to leave. Uh, uh, France and America is causing a lot of instability around the country. And uh, Burkina Faso have joined in the midst to send troops over there because they got enough supply from Russia and China. This is why people are joining BRICS, all right? And it's not just, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. It's more countries coming there too, okay? Because they're tired of Western powers trying to take over this, trying, you know, oppressing them with their dollar. People will get mad and say, like, how could you be that way? How could you be supporting this? What do you mean? How could I be supporting? How could I not be supporting this? All right. How could I not be? After all that you've read, okay, from history, not what they lie and tell you in school, telling that America, the American military is great, American government is great. No, 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 no. Okay, the amount of nonsense and murder and death and destruction that Western powers have committed overseas to get resources. Okay, you you cannot, unless you're just basically, you're just cold, you're just cold-blooded and you don't care. All right. You don't you just don't care about, you know, humanity. You don't care about fairness. And you think it's right. Because it's white. That's basically you have to have that mentality to just say, you know. There's nothing wrong with what America does or try to justify with like saying, oh, it's just survival of the fittest. No, 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 no. You can make deals. All right. You can make deals. You can draw up contracts. It's really that simple. It doesn't have to lead to terrorizing and taking over and bloodshed. It does not have to lead to that at all. But they're too greedy and too just want to be war crazy. But we also have to deal with the fact that we have sellouts. Okay. Within every culture, you have sellouts when it comes to when you're trying to fight an enemy, you have people that will side with the enemy because of benefits. But when that doesn't work out, those type of cowards now have to shake in their boots. Rwanda, Cameroon shake up military after Gabon coup. There has been an alleged panic among African leaders following the military coup that had happened in Gabon on Wednesday, making Rwandan and Cameroon leaders like Paul right here <clears throat> take drastic steps in their respective military formations. Ali Bongo, the president of Gabon, was disposed in the coup by top military officers, and the coupist named Jin Prince Ali Najima as the transitional leader, a development celebrated by the Gabonese. Following the coup in Bongo and his family were detained, Baya, who has served as Cameroon's president for, for 40 years, reshuffled his country's defense portfolios. Among the posts reshuffled were the delegate to the presidency in charge of defense, Air Force, staff, Navy, and the police, as announced on his ex-social media platform. 90-year-old Baya remains one of the long-serving African leaders as he came to power in Coupe d'Etat in 1982, and his early rule was marred by reports of oppression and human rights abuses. 
in the same vein, Rwanda President Kagame altered Rwanda's Defense Force, RDF, as announced on X social media, formerly known as Twitter, as he approved the retirement of 83 senior officers. According to the RDF, Kagame also approved the promotion and appointed of, appointment of some of officers to replace the previous office holders. Kagame has been in power since 2000, and in 2015, Rwanda's constitution was changed to allow Kagame to remain president until 2034, and also known as one of Africa's longest-serving presidents. Wow. As old as Joe Biden. Corruption. He's trying to hold on to that power for dear life. You see how they are? The snakes know that their time is coming and they try to find to hold on to power any way they can. Let's see what uh what does the French have to say about Macron though? Let's let's check that out. C'est une immense fierté d'accueillir sur notre sol toutes les équipes de la Coupe du Monde de rugby et bien sûr nos bleus. Let's take a look at that again. C'est une immense fierté d'accueillir sur notre sol toutes les équipes de la Coupe du Monde de rugby et bien sûr nos bleus. People are getting tired of these tyrants, man. They're getting real tired of them. All right, not only the African people of Niger, but again, the French people are getting tired of him too, especially with the fact that he took away the age of consent and, you know, <clears throat> he turned France into a pedophile's wet dream and also he raised the retirement age. So people are really tired of Macron. Okay, here we are. All right. Rugby World Cup opening ceremony, Emmanuel Macron boos shadow overshadows confusing production. Okay. What is the aim of the tournament's opening ceremony? Is it for the host nation's head of state to be groundedly cheered? Is it to be is it for the baying crowd sweltering in the autumnal heat? Growing impatient with the 9.15 p.m. kickoff <clears throat> to be whipped up into a frenzy? Or is it for the host nation's culture to be beamed into the living rooms of millions watching around the world? Eventually, north of Paris on Friday night at the Curtain Razor to France opening night victory against New Zealand at the World Cup. We did get all three, but we were made to wait. Certainly, as Emmanuel Macron departed departed to Iggy Pop's classic, The Passenger, 
he might have felt like one a nomad drifting away from what should have been his own party, admitting, admittingly without any of Iggy Punk Funk. At the first utterance of the French president's name, he was booed when he stepped up into the electrum to deliver his speech. It could barely be discerned over the cheering, not the negativity that the French team might have wanted on their opening night, perhaps, and the crowd did, in fairness, realize. Macron invited the sold-out Stade de France to applaud all 20 teams competing in the, this year's World Cup, and they duly obliged. Once finished, they set off into the Capoponos tradition of Ali Les Bus, and guess what? Macron was once again muted. <laughs> Bill Beaumont, World Rugby Chairman, welcomed the crowd to his governing body's event, but the former England captain's address was eclipsed by the crowd's impatience. Lee Masali reverberated, and Belmont's speech was lost too. In the end, the duo with height and hair color perfectly matching the two Ronies tribute act had to shake hands and depart. <clears throat> Thankfully, for their sakes, before the kiss cam emerged, Macron hosted Kylian Mbappé and the rest of the French football team fresh from their win over, over Ireland, alongside other luminaries like David Beckman in his presidential suite for the match. Let's hope Bex went easy on him. As 20,000 fans flew through the Stade de France, gates within 15 minutes of the of them opening in a much safer and organized fashion than events at the stadium have developed a reputation for in recent years. The 80,000 fans who eventually found their seats at the Stade de France, as well as millions watching on television, were promised a poet and colorful journey through a story of romance and brotherhood. Me neither. But there were highlights. The Les Merivales priority was one was not one of them. Instead, Jean Lavin, we had Jean Devine, the acclaimed Hollywood actor, cuddling his rugby ball-shaped loaf with gymnast trapeze artists, ambling around as if they were echoing a candy loss at Disneyland. There was even an appearance from William Ebb Wills himself in his armed natural habitat. And where was the can-can? All right. That's all I will read for now. All right. The main part I wanted to read was about uh, a crown being booed. And that's what I wanted to read about. But let's get into this story here about this allegations about Prince Andrew. Okay. Already was uh, alleged ties between Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein. So let's get into this. Biden's Prince Andrew accused of sexual abuse during his visit to Ukraine. An eyewitness claimed that he saw Prince Andrew misbehaving with two children at a club in Kiev. Wow. New Delhi, Prince Britain's Prince Andrew is once again facing serious allegations of child abuse. His relationship with controversies seems to be unending. The fresh allegations against the prince were made during his visit to Ukraine amidst ongoing Russia-Ukraine war. He visited Ukraine in June. The prince was apparently part of the delegation that visited the war-ravaged country during British Foreign Minister James Clevel's Clevery's visit. The prince is now facing serious allegations of abusing two children in a high-profile club in Kiev. These allegations were made by James Obasi, a Nigerian-origin person who was entrusted with the responsibility of hosting the British delegation at the club in Kiev. Well, the thing is, is though, um, Ukraine is known as a very corrupt nation. They're also known for child trafficking and organ, and, uh, organ harvesting in Ukraine as well. They even harvest the soldiers of um, wounded so, uh, wounded soldiers in Ukraine on the battlefield. Okay. Obasi said that he was an eyewitness to the entire incident. He said that he was instructed to take good care of the VIP guests and that the VIP guest was Prince Andrew. He said that he saw two children being brought to Prince Andrew. One was a 10-year-old boy and the other a girl who was about 12. Abbasi has recorded his statement on camera and explained the entire incident. 
James Obasi, an official working in the an official working in the club in Keefe's, says that Prince Andrew had asked him to arrange some food and drink for the two children. When he returned with the food items for the children, he saw that Prince Andrew was misbehaving in an objectable manner with these children. He kept the plate of food and went away from there. When James Obasi returned after some time, he found the children in critical condition. There were hardly any clothes on the children's bodies. My God. The children were extremely scared and were crying continuously. According to James Obasi, he tried to take care of the children, but the security personnel took them away with them. It's allegedly that two days later, the children were taken to Paris by a British delegation in a special plane. Early allegations against Prince Andrew in October of 2019, Virginia Giriffi, an American woman, created a worldwide sensation by alleging that the two that in 2001, when Virginia was just 17 years old, Prince Andrew forcibly had sex with her several times. Virginia's allegations were initially rejected by Prince Andrew and the Buckingham Palace, but Virginia stood firm on her claims. She also released her photo with Prince Andrew and claimed to have many more photos. In her allegations, she had also made public the relationship of controversial American businessman and convicted child molester Jeffrey Epstein with Prince Andrew. Epstein was sent to Manhattan jail in America in a various cases of sexual abuse of children where he died under suspicion of circumstances in 2019. Last year, on behalf of Prince Andrew, the American court was informed about the settlement with Virginia under which it had said that a huge amount will be given as compensation. Not only this, but when Jeffrey Epstein was released from jail, Prince Andrew secretly met him, the evidence of which became public. Prince Andrew was born in 1960 at Buckingham Palace. He is the second son of the British Queen Elizabeth and younger brother of Britain's current King Charles. He has received the title of Duke of York in the British royal family. Prince Andrew joined the Royal Navy as a pilot and also took part in the Falcons War of 1982. Earlier, he was called a war hero, and later he was recognized as a playboy prince. After the worldwide scandal over the sexual harassment case, Buckingham Palace announced to break its relationship with Prince Andrew. The Queen of Britain withdrew all military honors from Prince Andrew and also banned him from using the royal address of his highness. <clears throat> Ukraine. Eh, look, what did I tell you? What did I tell you about Ukraine? Ukraine is also being accused of child trafficking amid the war. According to the Russian intelligence agencies, child ch children from Ukraine are being sold abroad on a large scale with the confidence of Ukraine's intelligence agency. Vasily Borozorokov of Ukraine's intelligence agency revealed in August that the gang that sexually assaults children in Britain is very active in Ukraine. In the name of adopting children from war-torn Ukraine, such gangs are taking children with them. The allegations against Prince Andrew have once again raised big questions about the situation of children in Ukraine. Yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> this is not a joke. This is not a joke. All right. This type of stuff. Big connections, big, big, big connections in this for him to keep getting away with this. All right. This is an inter and this is uh this is international. All right. Even the World Economic Forum, therefore, uh taking away the age of consent to be able to do this sick crap. All right. We're living in scary times, extremely scary times. Hold on one second. One second. We're living in very scary times. You have people trying to fight to make this despicable crime normal. Why do you think they have uh, maps? Okay. Minor attracted persons. They're trying to make this normal. They're trying to make this legal. Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein and many others are just one of the ones that can get away with this. All right. And, th and they're getting their supply from Ukraine. A country steeped in white supremacy, neo-Nazis and child trafficking and organ harvesting. 
So anybody who wants to side with Ukraine, bring up Prince Andrew and the children from Ukraine. Anyone? Anyway, <clears throat> let's talk about the Morocco earthquake. Fair use. Good evening. It happened late at night when most people were asleep. There was no warning. And it was absolutely horrific in its power. This is the moment a 6.8 magnitude earthquake rocked Morocco. You can see people fleeing into an alley only for debris to then start tumbling down. The quake was centered here, just south of the popular tourist destination of Marrakesh. The death toll already stands at over 2,000 people. And as we get new images in of the destruction, it's clear that number is only going to rise. Now it is a race against time to save those trapped in the buildings and try to get to the hardest hit areas that are cut off from the rest of the country. Many, including American tourists, now sleeping outside, fearing more aftershocks. The State Department late today confirming some Americans were injured. We have two reports tonight, beginning with Matt Bradley. Security footage showing the rumbling, the shaking, and then the screaming as a 6.8 magnitude earthquake struck Morocco. Moroccans are now struggling to reach survivors thought to be buried beneath rubble. It's the most powerful tremor to hit Morocco in more than 100 years. Suddenly we saw things falling from above, like dishes and other things that were fixed to the wall. We were unable to sit or stand. Then we fled outside, said this resident. Really, the earthquake was very strong. Moroccan military reporting more than 2,000 people killed, another 2,000 injured. The numbers have been climbing all day and they will probably continue to grow as first responders pull more bodies from ruined homes. We ran outside, but a wall fell on my head, said this man. Sky News' Adam Parsons is on the ground in Morocco. There is still real fear about what could happen. Here's a very good example of that nervousness. This restaurant behind me was badly damaged by the earthquake uh, on Friday night, but it only actually collapsed hours and hours later. The quake struck in the high Atlas Mountains shortly before midnight. This security camera video of the first tremors shows people fleeing cafes in panic and barely escaping falling debris. Wow. That is something, man. That That is something. I never... Woo! <clears throat> 2,000 dead? It's insane, man. That's insane. A lot of things are happening right now. People really have to be prepared. All right. Let's talk about this other crisis right now. It's happening with uh, Mount Fiji right now. Long lines, overflowing bins, and broken toilets. Scenes you might expect at a county fair, but maybe not Mount Fuji, the iconic Japanese mountain, a sacred source of pride in the country for its symmetrical form. However, a recent surge in inbound tourists after Japan reopened its borders has led to extreme levels of pollution and other strains on the country's tallest peak, authorities say. Here's Masataki Izumi, an official from Yamanashi, one of two prefectures that Fuji straddles. Many people are visiting Mount Fuji and we appreciate that, but that is also leading to over-tourism with garbage and problems with the toilets resulting from the large number of people. Critical situation. Mount Fuji was listed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site a decade ago, which only boosted its popularity. Though that distinction came with conditions that Japan reduce overcrowding and environmental harm from visitors, overcrowding has only grown worse. The largest base station on the mountain saw 4 million visitors this summer, a 50% jump from 2013. Social media has been rife with posts about soiled bathrooms and mounds of litter on the hiking paths. Authorities say they are considering drastic measures to reduce the volume. 
The biggest cause of over-tourism on Mount Fuji is that the fifth station up the mountain can be easily reached by car. That means we need to control that access. However, since the Fuji Subaru Line toll road is also a prefectural road in Yamanashi, it would be difficult to regulate it. So we want to make a drastic change to replace the road with a mountain railway. Another strain has been the trend of what's called bullet climbing, where climbers attempt to scale Fuji for sunrise and descend the same day, leading to a spike in rescue requests of 50% from 2022, with over 60 so far this year. People want to be stupid. You got to learn to respect other people's countries, man. And this is why sometimes I can understand Japan uh, wanting to keep their country homogenous, right? Homogenous, okay? However, at the same time, Japan is dealing with the fact that, you know, um, they have a low birth rate. And it's not like America where... You may have a low birth rate for people um, who are actually born here, but it it's you know it makes up for it with immigration. Japan, you know, is very hard to immigrate and, and and be a Japanese citizen. So there's talks of the fact that you know Japan may be done in a couple of centuries, but that's another problem. <clears throat> Let's get into this article right here about it, what they're going through. All right. Okay. The authorities have warned of over-tourism at the country's highest active volcano. That's another thing, too. A volcano, you want to be that close to a volcano? Mount Fuji, one of Japan's sacred mountains and a popular pilgrimage site, faces a crisis if the number of visiting tourists is not brought under control. Local authorities have warned. Fuji is screaming in pain. We can't just wait for improvement. Masasaki Izumi, a Yamashinashi prefectural government official, told CNN during a tour for foreign media on Saturday, adding that tourism needs to be tackled urgently. Fuji faces a real crisis because of the uncontrollable flow of tourists. Izumi was quoted by Reuters as saying, we fear the mountain will soon become an unattractive, nobody will want to climb it, he said. According to government officials, the post-COVID tourism boom has brought thousands of hikers to mountain, causing environmental damage and placing extra pressure on local first aid services. Despite the introduction of a campaign urging visitors not to litter with volunteers, removing tons of trash each year, both hikers and caretakers complain about overcrowding and the piles of litter left along the path. The best thing to do is just shut down the tourism. Shut down the tourism until you have an effective plan to make sure that um, when, when foreigners want to tour Mount Fuji, they'll listen to your instructions. Even if you have to get armed guards there to remove people who don't want to comply. Mount Fuji Ranger Mike Maiho Sakahuri told reporters that there are way too many people on Mount Fuji at the moment, including many inexperienced first timers, often under underdressed, poorly equipped, and prone to hypothermia or altitude sickness. As a result, rescue requests have increased by 50% from last year, and one person died in April in a climbing accident. An active volcano standing at 3,776 meters, known for its picturesque snow cap and one of Japan's national symbols, the mountain was recognized as a UNESCO World Cultural Heritage Site in 2013. The number of visitors to Fuji more than doubled between 2012 and 2019 to 5.1 million, according to CNA News Agency. Active? Hmm. You visit that as a distance. Who wants to go an active volcano? This week, government officials met to discuss overcrowding and breaches of etiquette across high traffic tourist spots with Yamamanashi Governor Kotoro Nagasaki proposing the construction of a light railway to control the number of people accessing the site. We need a shift from quantity to quality when it 
comes to tourism on Mount Fuji, Nagasaki said. A local ranger called the prospect of, to Mount, of Mount Fuji losing its heritage status devastating. The best way to do that is to start setting tighter rules and make sure people follow those rules. Things are precious when it's scarce and when it's valued. That's what they got to do. That's what has to happen. All right. That's what you got to do. You got to stand firm and have these people understand you mean business. That's all. This is your business. You And since it's a it's in demand. You have to call the shots. Close it down. Have a good structural plan, especially for security and uh, and uh, a health plan. Minimize the deaths and show them that you're in charge. That's it. Okay, now we're going to talk about the local news right now. And this is something that was bound to happen because it happened last time. But let's uh, <laughs> let's listen. Fair use. Three years since those riots and looting in 2020, uh, the near constant protests calling to defund the police. You remember all that. Minnesota Democrats even tried to abolish the entire police department in Minneapolis. With support from lawmakers like Elon Omar and the state's AG, Keith Ellison, today rampant crime remains a constant threat in that city. Minneapolis reports hundreds of carjackings and nearly 6,000 robberies in a car so far this year. The latest victim with a new point of view after she was attacked and beaten in front of her own children. Now she's calling for more law and order, writing, look at my face. Remember me when you are thinking about supporting letting juveniles and young people out of custody to roam our streets instead of holding them accountable. Wait a minute, you guys were for defund, you were for defunding the police, okay? What, you were for this. But you see, it always has to happen this way. When you wanna set up unrealistic, life-threatening policies, it always takes those people to feel the wrath of danger. And in her situation, she felt the fact that she was going to lose her life that, that day and her kids were going to grow up without a mother for her to change her tune. I guess that Democrat money wasn't worth losing your life, wasn't worth still keeping up that lie that we don't need the police. We don't need it at all. I'm a black person. And I say we need the police. What needs to happen is reform. What needs to happen is modifying the quantitative immunity. That's what needs to happen. What needs to happen is the fact that to knock down this blue wall of silence that keeps these grapists white supremacists and serial killers behind badges out of the police force and punished if they're exposed. For their actions, senior correspondent Mike Tobin has more in our Midwest Bureau. Hi, Mike. And Dana, Democratic Farm Labor second vice chairwoman, Shivanti Sathanandan, says she is now part of the statistics and filled with rage after falling victim to a violent carjacking by armed young men. She posted this shocking picture to Facebook that shows her bleeding from the head, claims that she... Filled with rage? Filled with rage? Why should we care about you when there are people who lost their loved ones or who are victims of assault? They're more filled with rage than you. You were for defund the police. Oh, now you want to be like this? Oh, now you want sympathy? She has cuts, bruises, and a broken leg. Sathanandan says she was attacked right in the driveway to her house by four men with guns. It happened in front of her children. She said her attackers knew what they were doing, had clearly done this before, so she called for gun control and stiffer penalties. Part of her post reads, catch these young people who are running wild, creating chaos across our city, and hold them in custody and prosecute them period. Now, this is a dramatic change of perspective from the liberal activist who three years ago was part of that movement to defund and dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. This is nonsense. I'm sorry. Hey, I feel bad what happened to her. I really do. But I 
it's not as much as I feel bad for those people who lost their children, who lost their wife, their husband, to gun violence. And they were trying to have, you know, change, but you wanted to take away police departments. Why should people feel sorry for you again? Why? Why should they feel sorry for you? I just want to know what, why, why should we, it's sad that your kids might've grown up to be, might've, you know, be without a mother. But again, I don't see a point in, in feeling your tragedy should actually be considered something of focus when you're okay with having people, common people, going to work and living with the threat of death over their shoulder. Why should we be concerned about you? But, but because you were faced with basically living under that shadow of death, okay? Oh, now you have an epiphany. Oh, now you want to rally on the right side of things. Minnesota Democratic leader Shavanti Sanahadin, who called for the police there to be defunded and dismantled, has seriously changed her tune after being violently carjacked in front of her children outside her home. How many other mothers were violently carjacked in front of their children outside of their home? Sathanadi Sathanathan is the second vice chairwoman for the Democratic-led Marxist former Labor Party. She pledged in 2020 to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department after her close encounter with four armed young males, attacking she is now suddenly calling for tougher crime laws. She posted on Facebook Wednesday her jarring picture with blood running down her face after the attack while demanding justice over the assault. Her, legs, her leg was broken in the violent incident. She also suffered deep cuts on her head and body and deep bruising. The Democrat recounted that the carjackers beat me violently down to the ground in front of our kids. Look at my face in the picture. This is the face of a mother that had the S beat out of her. A mother whose only thought was, let me run far enough and fight hard enough so that my kids have a chance to get away. So I did said. This is the face of a mother who just listened to her four-year-old daughter screaming nonstop, her seven-year-old son wailing for someone to come help because bad guys were are murdering his mama in the backyard. Her neighbor is screaming in outrage, all while being beaten with guns and kicks and kicks and fists. The progressive Democrat started stated, I'm sorry. You're progressive. This is what you want. You want see the sad thing with the title progressive. This is not progressive. They want chaos. That's what it, it should be. Chaotic Democrat. Anybody that's progressive, they're for chaos. Until the chaos meets them head on. These men knew what they were doing. I have no doubt they have done this before, yet they are still on our streets killing mothers, killing babies. Psychological trauma that a lifetime of therapy cannot erase. With no hesitation and no remorse, she noted, seemingly having no idea that her policies helped create the environment. <laughs> Making it crystal clear she is still clueless. Sathanadin then called to get illegal guns off the, our streets, catch those young people, hold them in custody, and prosecute them, period. Oh, now you feel this way. Oh, now you, you, it's like you want to be in reality, but you know the money is in, in delusion, in spewing your delusion. So you're one foot in reality and one foot in la-la land. That's what it's like. In her Facebook post, the Democrat hypo, hypocritically thanked the incredible Minneapolis 4th Precinct officers, <laughs> Mayor Frey, Chief O'Hara, paramedics, neighbors, friends, and DFL family who all came to our aid during this terrifying experience. How many other people who live in Minneapolis had a terrifying experience? You got him. This is sickening. I am so grateful for this community that wraps us, wraps us in love, she stated. Oh, yeah, they have to feel sorry for you because they're human. But back of their minds, it's like, now you know how we feel. Now you know how we feel. Sathanathan also called for catching those responsible. I'm now part of the statistics. I wasn't silent when I fought these men 
to save my life and my babies. I won't be silent now. We need to get illegal guns off our streets. No, you weren't silent. You were on the side of, you know, maniacs saying to defund the police, to get the guns off our streets, catch these young people who are running wild, creating chaos across our city and hold them in custody and prosecute them. Look at my face. Remember me when you're thinking. I will look at your face and I'll say, wow, it took you to learn the hard way for you to understand you were spewing nonsense and money being a Democrat puppet. Okay, now, now, I'm not for the Republicans either. But when you're getting paid to spew nonsense, I can't really feel sorry for you. A little bit because you're a mom and you're a parent with children. But um, where's the father? That's what I'd like to know. Where's the father? Where's your husband? About supporting letting juveniles and young people out of custody to roam our streets instead of holding them accountable for their actions. You don't say, she asserted, which is rich considering the left has been pushing exactly what she is railing against. These criminals will not win. We need to take our, back our city, and this will not be the last you hear from me about this. The Democrat continued. Oh, please. Her photo went viral as many pointed out her previous calls to defund and dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department at the height of the Black Lives Matter protests. She previously wrote that the Minneapolis Police Department had systematically failed the black community. They failed all of us. If we are still disagreeing with the basic fact, I'm not sure what to say to you. Now, listen, okay, I agree. The Minneapolis police did fail the black community, but dismantling the police department that keeps you safe at night, that keeps you from your house being broken into, or God knows what else could happen to you, is not the right answer, is not the solution. It's reform. Minneapolis DFL Chairman Ken Martin told KSTP via statement on Thursday that he was heartbroken at the news of Savanti's attack. It is my sincere hope that people who assaulted Savanti are quickly brought to justice and face punishment consummate with the severity of their crimes. My heart goes out to Savanti and her family, and I hope their recovery from such horrifying experience is as swift as possible, he added. There was a little sympathy for the defund the police Democrat on Twitter, though. Here's a tweet from Cammy. I'm sorry she's a victim. She hadn't admitted to the error of her thinking publicly or nor apologized for all those that have been victimized since the call for defund the police and will be victimized every day going forward. Pretty much. She supports policies that allow this to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Here's a tweet from pedal to the metal till you see God, then break. Shouldn't she be thanking Ilhan for helping her affect the change they want? <laughs> <laughs> here's a tweet from america we trust apparently karma comes in the form of young black teenagers well uh, i don't know how to say about that but you know yeah okay if she had policies to um reform the police get out all the bad apples out the police department and uh have reform put trade schools back in high schools okay she probably wouldn't have to be dealing with these violent young thugs okay that could have uh been that could have saved her and her family from being victimized but you know what do i know i'm just a guy who understands reality and it's not going to be a pawn for the left or the right since they both work on the same team team white supremacy and the new world order with that being said i am done uh hope you enjoyed the stream i am also on spotify i'll talk radio live in 4k i am also on rumble radical thoughts 791 and as you can see i'm on youtube all right. Also, I am also on Twitter, Hard Talk Radio 79. Okay. Anything else you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Please hit the like, bucket, like button. I'm about to say like bucket. Hit the like button. 
helps the the uh, video goes to my channel goes through the algorithm so more can hear this news and content and uh that's about it later